Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we are live, everybody. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us on the day of July 4th. We will obviously be talking about that. Uh, Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and all that good stuff. Go to the links below. And um, without further ado, I won't keep you guys too long. Let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica, so... If that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. All right. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much. How you doing, Kyle? Excellent. Glad to have you back. Like I uh, said before we went live there, it looks like uh, you're kind of building something back here with the uh, TV hanging out. But I'm guessing that's because you're in the camper, huh? Yeah, I'm enjoying the holiday in the camper. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, this is my first my first uh, podcast from the camper, so congrats. Oh, hell yeah, man. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm a little jealous. I haven't quite done one for mine yet, but I'm normally my wife and I, when we take ours, ours out, I'm, we have the dogs with us. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool to have you back. I know um, over the last couple of months, you've laid low. So um, I guess uh, kind of let everybody know what's been going on with you lately. Oh, man. Um, well, I've actually just ended an 18-day vacation. I went to pork fest for a week and then i went out to northern idaho for a few days with my dad and then i was just at cape cod hanging out with my cousin and now i'm back but uh just in general since then um i don't know it's uh, it's been a lot of work uh just been working a lot of hours um and i've actually cut back on podcasting uh for a couple reasons one is um one is that, um, you know, when you're truck driving, you're alone all day long and you have plenty of time to think about what you want to say and you can listen to podcasts, kind of catch up on the latest events, whatever's going on. Um, when you're doing power line construction like I am lately, you're working on a crew with a bunch of people and you're doing manual labor where you can't just sit back and kind of chill out and listen to whatever you want. There's lots of loud machinery and yelling and you know, just running around the job site like crazy. So when you get home, you're just kind of dead and want to sit on the couch and pass out and not really open up your computer and uh, do a podcast. But also, I don't know, man, like it's uh, I was thinking to myself um, a little while back, you know, I put about three years into this and there's been an extremely low return on investment. If you look around at how fucked up things still are. And I was thinking, do I really want to put this much time, this much effort and money that I've also put in into into this project when you're going to get 
basically nothing in return. And I started realizing, you know, I need to be doing this more for what I'm going to get out of it. Like, and what I've gotten out of it is good friendships and um, learning a lot about how the world works. And um, I don't know. I think if you're into this for electoral success, it's just kind of a misguided, um, a misguided adventure. And I think a lot of people are into for into it for that at this point. And so I've decided, like, you know, if I if I can go to an event that interests me or um, has some benefit to me or something like that, something I still want to invest in. But a lot of just like the, the libertarian movement is something that I'm I'm just kind of reassessing whether you know, whether or not how much um, effort I want to put into it, because I think that there's a lot of things you can do in your own life that will better you a lot more than like being part of a movement. So if you're, um, you know, if you're financially well secure, if you're taking care of your family and your friends around you, um, if you're just trying to live like a good person, I think that does a lot more than donating to a party or, you know, going to certain rallies or whatever. So, um, so I'm not like, uh, done. I think all this stuff does matter, but I've just applied my, efforts in other areas more than just podcasting and going to uh going to rallies or going to um conventions or things like that so that's why i have been off the radar more or less for the last several months yeah well i'm sure that uh you're very very sorely missed i know i kind of miss your more frequent content but at the same time um i, I kind of do feel what you're saying where it's almost like I, I can't feel as inspired um by everything that go that's going on as I once did, especially when I started the podcast. Um, it, it's almost like you know the narratives are going to come out, and obviously it's election season. Some people are getting real heated up, but um, you know, I, I don't know how people could constantly just be so angry and just frustrated at everything going on, screaming and yelling about the current thing. And um, I think you were one of the people who kind of passed this insight on to me where um you have the like narrative and the counter narrative and you can almost tell where every single person talking is going to fall in a spectrum. And after a while, it's just like, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to like deal with this. Like there, there's nothing new in the ether. So I'd much rather have conversations sometimes about ideas or something just completely out of the, uh, you know, libertarian political view um, rather than just give my take that, you know, you've all, that most people have probably heard already 3000 times. Yeah, well, you know, I was hanging out with my cousin over the last couple of days, and if my cousin were to describe what his political beliefs were, he'd probably call himself like more of a left winger. But if you compared our two lifestyles, the way we live day to day, they're very, very similar. And so from a personal perspective, he's much more of a libertarian just because he doesn't spend a lot of money. He's very financially secure. He doesn't take out big investments that he knows he can't handle. Um, you know, he does all his own work on his own vehicles and stuff like that. Like very, very similar lifestyle to mine. But because of, you know, how he votes every couple of years, we put up these strange barriers mm -hmm. between us. And I, I would much rather that everyone lives the way that he does, then I care about how they vote. You know, like I care, I care about how you are able to take care of yourself and able to take care of those around you. Cause you know, um, I think one of my black pill moments on libertarian activism was the, 
um, the Yem the war the war in Yemen resolution that the Libertarian Party was like really pushing to try to get people to call their representatives and senators and whatever about, and a lot of us did, and nothing happened. It wasn't even brought to a vote because Bernie Sanders is a cuck, and it made me realize like you know we can complain about all these things and we can like raise awareness about it and that's good we should but at the same time there's not really that much you can do about it when it comes down to it um like i wish we could end the bombs dropping overseas i wish we could balance the budget i wish we could end the fed like there's all these things like yeah of course if i had some sort of power i wish we could do this but there are things that you can do in your own life right now to change it and be more successful. Um, and I feel like talking about those things or at least investing in those things and people I know is is more effective in the long run than just yelling at the wall about how much stuff that I have no control over sucks, I guess. Yeah, and no, I think it's totally reasonable take. And that's why I'm kind of glad that when I did start this podcast, I have put out a fair bit of content on like nutrition and health stuff, because I believe that we all kind of do have unique insights in that way. As similar as you have unique insights with traveling all over the country and, um, you know, working the different jobs that you've worked. Um, I, I would tend to agree that those kind of insights and telling people, Hey, these are the tools that I've used to make, you know, my life a lot better. Maybe you can use these tools in your own life to make your life a little bit better and make yourself a little bit more free. Because like you said, um, as much as we would like to end the war in Ukraine or stop, you know, warships sailing through the Taiwan Strait, um, the likelihood of us actually having an effect on that is pretty small. But like you said, we, we should raise awareness about this and have conversations with people about that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, a, a lot of the time, I, I think you're kind of running into the same thing where it's like, it, what is it worth for us to be, like you said, screaming at the wall or spending all this money taking over a political party if nothing really is going to change? Uh, like I said, they're noble efforts, but like, you know, what was it all worth? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that it really is worth is if you're going to try to throw hand grenades into the system figuratively, that was not a literal statement, just, uh, just so that you could know. Um, I mean, I'm a January 6th respecter and everything, but, you know, I meant yeah. just uh, lobbing verbal hand grenades. I think, you know, I think, um, and this has been a change of opinion of mine, admittedly, over the last couple of years, but... I don't think that any revolution of thought has ever come about through rational means or through moderate uh, political posturing. I don't think that people hear something that's just really articulately and well said in a moderate <laughs> tone that admire that, that, that like gets them excited to become active somehow. Um, and so I don't think I think that we have this misconception that somehow people are all going to embrace their brains over their feelings and become libertarians one day because we just present these ideas in such a good way where that's just not how anyone has ever been politically successful in the past. You know, it's always been some sort of emotional connection. Um, so as far as like the libertarian party goes, that's the only real value I see for it is trying to shift culture and some people have been critical that the libertarian party is the best tool for doing that and frankly they might have been right like maybe i i think that you know joining single issue causes like defend the guard or weed legalization or whatever it is i think you can have a lot more headway with those types of causes instead of with becoming a political party especially if it's one that can't 
really win any elections. I mean, I I don't know how you could live through 2022 and the election outcomes of that, you know, of that election and then think like, oh, yeah, we're making headway. It's just like, guys, we've gone backwards, if anything. Like, this is mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't a this isn't a uh, viable route to success. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. That whole situation in 2022, I think, should have kind of showed people that, like, people spent thousands and thousands of dollars to come, you know, join the Libertarian Party and get things moving in, you know, a more a direction that might be more considered more libertarian leaning. And, uh, it, you know, we, we throw our, well, not we, but, you know, a bunch of people threw their endorsement behind Blake masters and everybody thought it was going to be just a red wave. And that just never came. And the Republicans did, um, you know, a fair bit worse than I think everybody would have expected. The other thing is, um, I think it shows that like a lot of the stuff perhaps isn't as predictable as we think in that, um, you know, maybe the Republicans aren't going to have as much of an easy time in uh, 2024. And, you know, I, I don't exactly know what to think. I see people just throwing projection out there that, you know, they think this is going to happen, you know, for sure. Trump's going to win, man. I don't fucking know anymore. We have, you know, still like another year and a half before the presidential elections. Um, I don't know what the fuck is happening anymore. You know, you always have to have a hot take on the next cultural thing. And, um, you know, I tend to miss most of them because like Saturday is the only day I get to spend time with my wife. So I missed some events that happened over the weekends. And I don't know, like you, man, I just can't keep up with it all the time. And honestly, I almost don't want to. Yeah, man. Um, I ha- The only thing I've ever been right about was Joe Biden barely beating Trump in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm certainly not the type of guy to listen to when I make um, guesses about the future. I thought because of that, that I had something going. So I made a lot of uh, guesses about 2022 and they were all wrong. They're all completely wrong. Um, I have just basically come to the conclusion that people suck even more than I was willing to admit. You know, like, I mean, I historically i've actually wanted to assume the best about people and i think it's just wrong i think people just really really suck and they really just don't care about important things um i've said this on the four horsemen before like ryan dawson will talk about how if we had a media that repeat that that uh, reported the truth people would start to care and i've always been like i don't know dude i don't know that that's true like i mean the stuff that he talks about i don't know if people would actually care if it came to light um, I mean, for example, like it's been admitted that the Saudis helped the 9-11 hijackers uh, that they gave them logistical support. That's admitted by the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been for a few years now. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, so I don't I don't I don't think that most people do care. And I don't think that um, we should keep hoping they will. I think that a lot of this stuff is really just for us. Like we've been trying to present a lot of this stuff as though it's for everybody We've had this liberty evangelism idea that, like, if we just start saying these things the right way, people will start listening to us. I don't think so. I don't. I think most people either don't want to know, um, and if they do find out, they they'd rather take the blue pill again. They're like the guy in the Matrix who'd just rather eat the steak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my thought has kind of been as of late that you need some kind of leader, somebody that's 
um, they don't have to be explicitly libertarian, and maybe it's even better that they're not explicitly libertarian, who um, is going to espouse these values and then people follow behind him because most people, like you said, they just don't care that much. They're not going to sit down and read. Um, they're not going to sit down and learn all about you know the 9-11 stuff. They're not going to learn all about the war stuff. Um, they just want somebody to throw them their info bites that sound good to them and tell them the stuff they want to hear. You know, hey, I'm on your side. You know, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then people can kind of move on throughout their day because the overwhelming majority of people that I talked about political stuff, they, they don't have any like depth or knowledge about stuff. And like, I don't have depth or knowledge about some stuff. You know, I'm more focused on some of the anti-war stuff. But like, if you ask me about tax policy and specific parts, specific bills, let's be honest, like most people just are not interested and it's not written in any kind of English that we can understand. So I think you got to be that kind of guy who's going to step in the political ring as a leader that, you know, has the same values as a libertarian person. And, you know, I, somebody that's going to do that, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> the, the Liberty movement seems like it's kind of flailing at this point. And, you know, maybe it always has been, but it's tough to say. I think it always has been, you know, a lot of people want to throw shade at um, Angela or Dave or any of these people. And, mm. I really don't blame any of them for the sad state of the Liberty movement right now. I, I mean, I don't think it's very shocking either. You know, I think another lie that we tell ourselves is that the worse things get, the more people are going to be forced to look at libertarianism as a third option. And that's not true. I mean, so let's just look at this. Let's just look at it this way. So in 2016, Things were relatively good. The economy was moving along relatively well. Yes, it was a bubble economy. Yes, we were living off the uh, the highs of a you know of a fake monetary system. Yes, but like in 2016, unemployment was pretty low. A lot of people had jobs. Uh, World War Three wasn't on the horizon. Um, we didn't have lockdowns. We didn't have crazy inflation like we do now. So people were willing to entertain the idea of voting third party or looking at things a different way because things were good. So they weren't scared about losing their job. They weren't scared about going into a world war. So Gary Johnson was better than the idiot from reality TV and the hack who'd been in politics her entire life. So like, okay, I guess I'll look at this guy in 2020. You had riots in the streets, you had cities on fire, you had lockdowns. So people were either saying, you know, wow, okay, I don't really like Trump, but at least he doesn't believe in this crazy communist bullshit. And then you had other people who were like, all right, you know, Joe Biden was not my choice, but I am just so sick of hearing about Trump all the time. And I'm so sick of my liberal neighbors freaking out and everyone acting like animals all the time like i just i just want things to go back to normal so i guess i'll vote for joe biden like that was how people thought i mean right. for example in 2016 my parents didn't vote for anyone for president and my brothers both voted for gary johnson with me and my sister voted for jill stein this last time around my dad and i voted for joe jorgensen and everybody else except for one of my brothers who didn't vote voted for joe biden and that, that's my immediate family who knows my political <laughs> views and everything. Great. And that's how they reacted to that. So the worse things get, the less people think outside the box. The more they think like, okay, you know what? This guy sucks, but at least he's not 
XYZ. So, you know, I think um, it, it really doesn't matter who the libertarian nominee is. It doesn't really matter who the chair of the party is. It doesn't really, none of that stuff really matters right now. The point mm. is that, you know, things are getting worse and people are just going to look outside the box less and less. So I think we should really be messaging to the type of people that are going to listen to us and the people who have kind of already woken up. Like, I, I don't I don't think just throwing whatever at the wall and hoping anything sticks is what we should be doing anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the one insight that I agree with and a lot of people seem to have um, difficulties understanding is that there are probably a larger group of people than we think that just cannot stand this hysteria around Trump. And it's absolutely entertaining, definitely for people like us who kind of like watching these awful people, you know, cringe and squeal and scream. But like at the end of the day, it more than likely most of it is just kayfabe, right? It's just, you know, professional wrestling, entertainment. And um, I think there's a group of people who like to see the uh, chaos and think that Trump kind of represents their vengeance, even though I, I, I think you and I realize that that's not the case. But then there's a whole other group of people who likely would have just voted the other way, you know, for Joe Biden and just said, like, I cannot stand this fucking insanity. Um, I think there's a large group of moderate people who just don't want to deal with the insanity that they've dealt with since 2016, because it really does seem like after Trump, it like everything in the culture is just ratcheted up so much where people feel that every single election now literally is the most important one. And you have to vote for my chosen figure because that's going to get us back to normal. It's going to make everything calm down. But like, I think you probably share the same sentiment that like, we're not going back to normal. This is the new normal quote unquote. And you're just going to have to deal with lunacy from no matter who the political candidate is from here on out. Yeah. I mean, I really wanted Donald Trump to lose in 2020 because I felt like he deserved to, he didn't deserve to get reelected because he failed on all his promises and his supporters were delusional about what was going on. They first of all thought yeah. he was just going to win in a landslide. But then on top of that, they thought he was rounding up all the pedophiles and he was, you know, saving <laughs> the country and draining the swamp. And it's like, no, he isn't. Like, of course he isn't. So I actually kind of wanted to see him lose. Not that I wanted Joe Biden to be president, but I felt like it was a necessary awakening almost for the right to have him lose. But now, I mean, things are just so fucked. I don't even really care who the president is. I mean, there's part of me that wants Joe Biden to win again because that'll, <laughs> that'll keep the states pushing back on his stupidity. Part of me wants Gavin Newsom to run and become president because I can't think of anything that would fuel the secession movement more than having Gavin mm -hmm. Newsom. But then another part of me, and this is what I'm leaning toward now doing, is uh, having Donald Trump be president again just because it'll make the people who were snickering and sneering as people had to lose their jobs because they didn't get vaccines. Um, you know, the, the go Ukraine crowd. I just want to see those people absolutely fucking miserable. So mm -hmm. this just shows how much my standards have dropped. Like I'm at the point where I want someone who's just going to make the people I hate miserable. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. the ultimate goal for me at this point, because like, I mean, and I've said like, I, I would like if Rand Paul ran for president and stuff like that. And I mean, Having uh, RFK run for president, I think, has drawn a lot of attention to some important issues. But the reality is, if if you're someone who actually wants to change the system with from within, they're never going to let you win. 
And then right. if you somehow do, once you get in there, they're going to compromise you. And then if that doesn't happen, they'll get rid of you somehow. They'll get you impeached. I mean, look at what they did to Trump. Trump did what they wanted like 95% of the time. And just that little tiny bit of rebellion that he showed, that was enough for him to get impeached twice and called a Russian traitor for four years. Um, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely insane and crazy how much they've they've demonized him for being an establishment shill, basically. So this <laughs> idea that we're going to get someone in there like RFK, who's going to like dismantle the system from the top down, it's just not going to happen. And mm-hmm. RFK, like, I, I don't think they're even going to let him win the Democrat nomination. I mean, they've already mm-hmm. discounted Iowa and New Hampshire's election results before they've even come through. They've, the DNC has already said that those are not going to be official delegates anymore. Um, and he could win New Hampshire and he could win Iowa. But, um, you know, I don't know. People haven't been paying attention to what they did to Bernie Sanders and the the campaign that RFK running is running is like 6 million more times, um, you know, 6 million times more radioactive than Bernie Sanders ever would be. So I can't imagine that they're going to let him get anywhere. You still there or did I lose you? Hey guys, in the live chat, can you still hear me? Uh, if you guys are in the live chat and you can still hear me, just let me know in the comments because Kyle is gone. Oh, okay. So you guys can hear me. That's, uh, well, I'm going to take this time to talk about my and Kyle's sexual romp that we took in 2019. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) hopefully he could have heard that and he's freaking out on the other end. Um, so guys, um, what's going on? Uh, I know I've been off the radar for a little while. You just heard some of my rambling about why that is. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people are blaming. Oh, here we go. He's back. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he mentioned six million cow cut up. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. We, we, we both had technical uh, difficulties today, man. What a shame. Yeah, I just noticed my Wi-Fi started getting a little patchy. Um, the, the thing bad you- that, first of all, it's me. Like, I usually have the Wi-Fi <laughs> issues. And on top of that... I'm on my phone in my camper, and mm. I've got a better connection than you on your computer in the house. It's pretty bad. <laughs> well, we had to turn on my phone, so thankfully everything's good now. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, um, so like onto the RFK point, and hopefully this is uh, still relevant to kind of where you landed. I uh, I cut off right where you were kind of going on about how they were tweaking about Bernie. Um, I... I didn't really know much about RFK other than seeing him a couple like vaccine debates um, a couple years back. And I thought he was a quack back then, but now obviously, you know, 2020, you know, kind of flipped a lot of that paradigm on its head. Um, 
it's really good to see somebody who's good on China because like this is kind of you know my issue and kind of our corners issue because this is like the government's big target like they're going for a war with China. So when you have just one presidential candidate who's seriously polling that's speaking about that issue and seems intelligible, that's awesome. But then you hear him talk about Iran, Israel, and Palestine and that's when you're kind of like come on man like you should be better than this how, like how do you check all the boxes on ukraine russia taiwan china the middle east the cia and all that but though you're bad on israel like that's that that makes you raise your eyebrow well for me it's not even his position on that issue that's so disappointing because mm -hmm. i kind of expect everyone to take that position just because that's what you have to do Mm -hmm. in politics like even Rand paul and tulsi gabbard and people like that all were like oh yeah we support israel you know like it's really rare that you see anyone it's very uniform did. consensus yeah yeah so that was not very surprising what was surprising and shocking and disheartening to me was when he came out in support of roger waters and basically said like roger you're doing great work ignore all these haters like it's obvious you're not a nazi and roger waters publicly thanked him on twitter for saying that then that rabbi Shmuley asshole started talking to him and gave him a beating and sat him down and said, hey, fuckface, you can't say this anymore. And then he just he deleted his tweets. He condemned Roger Waters. And then he started spouting all this shit about how we need to stop Iran from getting a bomb. And so to mm -hmm. me, that's just like that shows you have zero nut in the game. Like you're right. such fucking squeamish slime ball who will change your opinion on something when it starts costing you donations or something like that's what he did. Mm -hmm. He just, he just folded up and proved that he has no sack in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's done it on guns too. Like he told us at pork fest, I wasn't in the crowd, but at pork fest, he said, I don't want to take anybody's guns. And then just like a couple of days later, he's doing a town hall and he says he'll sign an assault weapons ban. If there's a consensus between the Democrats and the Republicans. And so, mm -hmm. It's not as much that I disagree with them on Israel and assault weapons bans as it is, hey, I'm just going to say what I think. And then if someone doesn't like it and tells me I can't say that, then I'm going to change my mind. You know, like, I mean, why should we believe him on China or Ukraine, for that matter, or anything? So I to me, he's like rhetorically a little bit better than trump on the issues but i'm just not impressed yet like i don't i don't think he really is sincere where trump is a sincere dumbass retard who will just make people mad like I, the, the reasoning for voting for trump is not that he'll drain the swamp and make america better the reasoning behind voting for him is because he's exactly who he presents himself as which is just a blithering retard who makes a bunch of leftists mad so if RFK wants my support, like he needs to somehow prove to me that that is who he really is. And I'm not, I'm not there. Yeah. I think kind of on that note, um, I always looked at the example of Thomas Massey and Rand Paul as like shining examples of what happens when you're just not afraid to be authentically you and have sack and stand up when it means something. So like when, Trump was passing all those stimulus bills. Everybody knows the story of Thomas Massey being told that he was a what a second-rate grandstander and he should be thrown out of the GOP. And then Trump and everybody else donated to his uh, primary opponent, but then Massey just steamrolled all over him. And I think it's, there was something similar with Rand Paul, but Rand, 
you know, cozied up to Trump a little bit more. Um, but those two weren't afraid to stand out against their own party when the time came and it actually meant something. Um, I think the same kind of goes for the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire, where, you know, despite there being a consensus amongst your group, if you're willing to really take the hits and take a principled and loud stance, I think people notice that. And I think that motivates people to rally behind you. Um, kind of curious what you think about that as well. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, yeah, I think, so first of all, like, I mean, the reason people hate us isn't because we're principled, it's because we're annoying shitlords on Twitter, like, I'll be honest about that. It's not like, <laughs> God damn it, these guys are so pure, I wish, you know, and I, I mean, it is because we're obnoxious and annoying, and we embrace that, I mean, you know, case in mm-hmm. point right here, but um, the, like, what does bother me about some people in the Libertarian Party is that they might not care about, like, what Nick Gillespie thinks or what reason or, you know, what, uh, whatever that governor's name from, uh, uh, Colorado is, um, forgetting his name at the, off the top of my head right now, but they do care about like a different group of people and whether or not they get upset. And, you know, I was actually arguing with Dave about this on Twitter a few days ago about Lydia, Tim Cast's former secretary. Like there was just so much worry behind that about like, Oh, are they going to have us back on the show? because one of our accounts said something about John McCain and his daughter and made fun of her crying or whatever. And to me, that's just like, what's the point? I mean, if we're already going to be worrying about stepping on those types of people's toes, like, I don't know. It seems like it's not really worth, um, you know, if Lydia is the threshold for how far we could push, like that's the type of person that we need to back off and can't, you know, publicly disagree with or even laugh at when she's doing something that's retarded. I don't know. It, it just seems kind of lame to me. Um, and I understand uh, the idea of not like shitting on people who give you publicity or whatever, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I mean, if like, what if, what if I get invited on the view? That's something that I think I would go for because I would go on any show that would have me on, but just because they give me publicity doesn't mean I can't, disagree with them or laugh at them when they do something stupid you know there's a difference between like stomping on people and trashing them and throwing their name dragging their name through the mud or whatever after they've done you a big favor but then there's also like i don't know some people just are not as impressive as they you know as as they think they are and i don't think we should be coddling them and i think honestly those people are going to be less impressed with us if we do try to coddle them and we do tiptoe around them instead of just saying what we fucking think. And then they'll have us on if they find that we have something interesting to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and, you know, I'm one who's known to kind of dunk on Tim Cast and crew. But, um, yeah, I definitely think we shouldn't be afraid to be who we are. And just this idea that we're supposed to placate these people because they've given us a platform. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that and we shouldn't be nice to them. But, like, we don't have to 
bow down and um, cater to their every need and kiss their ass. Cause like you said, I don't think that people are going to respect you if that's the way you're going to be like, you know, if the, I think the libertarian party or people who are running as libertarians or whatever, if you're talking about these issues, you should be as Machiavellian as possible where you're going to use every single megaphone that you're given. You're going to be unapologetically you, because if you're any other way, then like you've kind of laid out throughout the show, I don't think people are going to be as genuinely drawn to you if you're just going to be, you know, milk toast. If you're going to be Justin Amash on the issues, right? Which I, I, you know, I go to bat for Justin all the time, but you know, he's not the one that's going to reawaken some kind of revolution, you know, if something like that's even feasible. Which I'm, you know, more and more skeptical of that by the day. Yeah, I mean, also like, I think that you should be allowed to think someone is politically retarded. Or a moron or like, you know, just or think someone is wrong and publicly say that you disagree with someone without that considered being a relationship ender. You know, like, I, I mean, if we can't disagree with people because they had us on their shows, that's just silly. I mean, I've had I've been on a lot of shows and I disagree with a lot of people, um, you know, like Nick Gillespie has given me a lot of visibility. He's reshared every time that we've interacted he's come on my show before and he's a nice guy, but I mean, he says a lot of retarded stuff and I think it's fine for me to say that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know. And a lot of people would agree with that, but then if you do that with somebody else that's from another camp, then you're a backstabbing traitor and everything. And I just don't look at it that way. Like, I mean, if I were saying, like, if I said that I thought Dave Smith was a piece of shit or something like that, that would be stupid. I mean, he's my friend. And he's done a lot for me to help me out. But if I, like, say, no, Dave, I don't think endorsing Blake Masters was a good idea, that should be something I can say without receiving, like, personal backlash from it. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if it's Scott Horton or Angela McArdle or, uh, I don't know, Ryan Dawson, like, anybody, like, anyone that I want to publicly disagree with about something, I think that that should be fair game and it shouldn't be considered treachery because just because you have me on your show uh, or just because we've done stuff together in my mind doesn't mean we have to agree on everything or that we only have private disagreements and public praise or whatever like I, I just don't understand why people think that way yeah i agree and i think you and i have talked about this before where I, the whole everybody wants you dead mantra just gets so fucking tired because um i i shared an article from caitlin johnstone and everybody lost their minds and i was like she's just right about this one issue They're like oh but she's a dirty communist and she's principally wrong I'm like she she's got this whole diagnosis about the political right and their obsession with china correct she's good on this issue she's good on the empire other than that, she's a fucking idiot. She's a bitch. <laughs> like, I, I don't endorse everything that she's ever said. It's just, yeah. hey, in this respect, she's good. If Matt Gates or even fucking I don't know, John Bolton said some of those, right? I'd say, yeah, he's right. But other than that, they're absolutely fucking terrible. And I've gone to bat for Matt Gates plenty of times, but though when he's saying that we should use military, we should give Biden mil or you know, authorization to use military force in Cuba, I think he's a fucking retard. And, and yeah. you know, of course, th there's going to be people who are going to see that and then say, oh, nobody's ever good enough for you. OK, well, look at all the other times that I've praised this person. I'll praise people when they're good and, and I'll dunk on them when they're bad. We don't have to be partisan hacks. I think people who do shit like that, I think that's so fucking gay. I think that's so fucking lame to sit there and just blow people because they're on your side. Like, 
I don't know. I think that's so intellectually lazy, and I, I just want no parts of that. If we're not, if we can't criticize people and they're fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, when I joined the Mises Caucus, one of the things that we were talking about a lot was how much Rand Paul sucked. And <laughs> right. Rand Paul is like one of, he's probably the, he is the best senator and he's one of the best representatives in general of our cause on the main mm -hmm. stage. But I mean, there's a lot about him that's just disappointing. And like, dude, why don't you say this? And why, why did you vote for Mike Pompeo? And why do you, you know, like, I don't know. I feel, you know, so with with, uh, with Tulsi, I know I made a post a few days ago about her, but um, one of the reasons I criticized her more than I did like most other politicians is because she's somebody that I gave money to and time to and supported and told a lot of other people to support. So when she says that drone strikes are good, or when she says that we should vote for Don Baldick because he will, you know, stick it to the military industrial complex. Like that's <laughs> bullshit. And I feel more of a responsibility. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do feel more of a responsibility to tell people like, fuck, no, this is stupid. Like this is wrong. And just because she was the best candidate at the time and, you know, I supported her doesn't mean that any of this shit that she's saying now is right. And so I feel the same way, um, you know, about like Rand Paul or people who pretend to be close to us politically. I feel like they should be under more scrutiny than like Adam Schiff. I mean, of course, Adam Schiff sucks. No libertarian thinks like, hmm, Adam Schiff seems like a kind of liberty minded person that I should look into. Like, no, of course they don't. But if it's people who are courting us and saying some of the stuff that we like, those are the people that I think we should be the most critical and the most skeptical of because they're the wolf in sheep's clothing. So I don't know. I, I think that um, I think we should be extra on the alert for that. Yeah, that was an insight you kind of uh, had told me a while back, and I always agreed with that. Um, it, it literally takes about zero intellectual energy to dunk on Democrats, and there's really no popular libertarians who are saying, well, you know, some of the stuff that Joe Biden did, it was actually really good. There's nobody saying that. Um, and, you know, I, I just agree that we should kind of go after more of the on the fence people who are more on our side not in a way that's you know completely tearing them apart and calling them bad people but like say hey you can be better than this and we believe you are better and you should be better therefore we're going to do everything we can to kind of court you over to us rather than sit here and just dunk on democrats and say hey look we're just like you guys so you should be like us like like i said there's just nobody saying democrats are any good so I don't know. I'll knock them when it comes up on my Twitter feed, but it never does. And I don't think, like I said, there's like no libertarians out there, no serious libertarians who are saying that, oh, well, we should really consider voting for Joe Biden or Marianne Ann Williamson. I mean, Marianne Williamson, I actually think is one of those, not, not that she's like di uh, disguising herself as a libertarian, but she's definitely pretended to be anti-establishment, like anti-war-ish. Mm. And so that's she's actually someone on the left that I have gone after a lot. And mm -hmm. I went to her rally a few months ago and actually confronted her face to face and got her to basically admit that, yeah, I think the problem with Afghanistan is that we didn't reinstate women's rights before we left. Um, I mean, she's yeah, she's a prime example of someone on the left who is the worst. I mean, she is such a fucking war hawk. And such an establishment shill in so many ways, but has a veneer of being this like 
woozy, like, ooh, I'm anti-establishment. I, you know, disagree with the status quo. And she doesn't. So, like, she's she, she's, she's awful. Um, but to your point, I think there's some people who can be encouraged in our direction, but there are some people who just need to be told to fuck off. Like, Becca Congdon in the Libertarian Party. Um, I forget if it was... Okay, I don't want to say it was her, actually, because I'm not 100% sure it was not. But I think it was her. It was somebody from that awful classical liberal caucus group. Uh, when Joe Jorgensen was running for president, uh, Scott Horton wrote a piece um, that he wanted Joe Jorgensen to publish. And she didn't because the advice she was given in return was that we want military contractors to vote for us. Like, oh, we do? <laughs> That's our... You know, if you have someone in your ranks who's saying shit like that, like, fuck them. Yeah. And they need to be expelled, and there's no mercy there. So, like, um, I don't, I, I honestly, I do want to praise the Mises Caucus for ousting, like, all those types of people. All those awful fucking neoliberals who, I mean, it, it, the, the, the Mises Caucus, regardless of all the things I disagree with, is such an upgrade from the past, especially in that regard. Like, there's no catering to that type of shit. There's a little bit of catering more than I like to, like, the right-wing anti-China crowd. But even on that, like, the, the figureheads in the movement are so good on that issue. I just think they're too trusting of some people who don't deserve their, who don't deserve their support, basically. But the oldest at, like, Joe Jorgensen, I didn't, I don't really trust her to have a good take on an issue. I mean, she mostly did, to be honest. Like, she was just boring as fuck and was a burnt piece of toast. But um, the like Dave Smith and Scott Horton and Angela McCarty, all those people, like you can trust that they're going to have a good opinion on something, even if, in my opinion, sometimes they have too high of an opinion of somebody who they think represents their views who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it, it. I guess that kind of goes to the point earlier of like it does seem like the liberty movement's flailing in that respect, where like you know we're coming up on the presidential campaigns, and I feel like it's going to be another Joe Jorgensen situation where it's you're going to have somebody that like nobody knows from the liberty movement running for president, and it, it's just going to go absolutely nowhere. And like maybe they're a good messenger, but like all the people that are running right now. I I don't even know who they are. I haven't heard of them until like a year ago at most, maybe. Like some of them follow me and I have like no idea who they are. I'm like, oh, you're you're running for the Libertarian Party? Like who? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe that's the best. Maybe it's best if Chase Oliver and Maj Teray run for president this time. Because <laughs> like I don't want Dave to run right now. I don't want Spike mm. to run. I don't want Clint to run. Like and I've even told them as much, like, no, don't do it. Like, I mean, it's going to be a bad year anyway. So, mm -hmm. I mean, for the reasons I laid out earlier, I think people who are trying to lay this at the feet of the Mises caucus takeover and Angela and every, like, it's just, it's not really their fault. Like, I mean, it's just kind of the political situation we're in. Um, and yeah, I think you're just going to have to decide between RFK or Trump mm -hmm. basically. And, you know, it's pretty shitty, but that's what you got. So I think, um, you know, this just this kind of circles back to my original message of like, it doesn't matter as much who you vote for as how much as how you live your daily life. So uh, that's just a lot more important than like, you know, who the Libertarian Party candidate is or who the Democrat or Republican candidate is, because in all likelihood, nothing's actually going to change.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a throwback to the post-libertarian moment, which was, uh, you know, I know everybody threw stones at them, but I felt like they had the right message that a lot of people in the libertarian party perhaps need to hear where, um, you know, hey, if you want to take political action, maybe a local level and maybe in the Republican Party might be a little bit of a better idea um, or you know, just, you know, say fuck it all and kind of make your situation as good as possible. Um, you know, I've definitely found that the less and less I pay attention to politics, um, I don't say the better my life gets, but like, I don't know, I don't feel as compelled to have a take on everything. And, you know, sometimes I just, I don't fucking know. And I think a lot of what's going on is just that everybody wants to have the most correct take ahead of everybody else. So that way they can always pat themselves on the back a little bit later. And half the time, what happens is normally people throw out a theory that's so vague and could be considered, you know, taken any which way. And then something happens and then they say, Oh, look, I was right all along. Like, I don't know, dude, just the whole clout chasing and grifting that you see from everybody in the pretty much every single political sphere. It's just so fucking tired. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to grift for clout, at least do it somewhere where you make a difference. You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, there's nothing more pathetic than libertarians getting upset about losing their power. Uh, like seeing the guy before the Mises caucus freak out about the takeover. It's just so pathetic. It's like, man. You have accomplished nothing in 50 years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing in your life that you have accomplished is becoming chairman of the Vermont Libertarian Party or whatever. Like, can fucking congratulations. Like, you pro you can't, like, Archie Flower can couldn't make rent, you know, but he was the chair of the Libertarian Party of Vermont. So um, that's what's pathetic is when... You know, you have this philosophy about how people should live figured out to a T and you've even become a major figure in a party that represents it. But you can't make your fucking rent like that's just cheap hypocrisy uh, when it comes to the post libertarians. There's like see, I don't even like there's that, that refers to a whole bunch of people who all have said slightly different things. Uh, some of them I like, some of them I absolutely hate. Um, but um you know, I, I, I think most people who would refer to themselves in that way have left libertarianism behind. Like, it's not just that they don't want to be part of a party or that they think the Mises caucus is a failed idea. It's more like, actually, I want the Ministry of Truth to be run by right wingers instead of by left. -wingers. And I don't mm -hmm. agree with that. Like, there's a lot of right. embrace of authoritarianism against your enemies that I think is short-sighted and it'll backfire so i definitely don't consider myself in that camp but um the people who said like care about yourself more than going to reno like yeah they were 100 percent right that's totally the way people should be um and you know there are a lot of evangelists in the past who were womanizers who were uh drug abusers who were child molesters and so that's my point is like you can speak the truth and be a shitbag yourself, I guess, because lots of people in the church have been like that. So there's not a reason that in the Libertarian Party, you couldn't have people like that, too. So just because your life is a mess, I guess it doesn't mean you shouldn't give a great message if you can. But at the same time, I'm going to have a lot more respect for you if your life is in order and if you can lead by example instead of just spouting off points by Rothbard, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, kind of on that subject, um, you're starting to see 
at least I think, and maybe it's always been this way and I just haven't noticed it, but like a lot of religious fervor coming back where you're hearing a lot of stuff being referred to in terms of demons and, oh, you know, everything's revelations now. Um, and like, I tend to be culturally more aligned with religious people, especially with the way I live my life and like my values. But I just find that shit to be so fucking cringy. And like, like I said, everything is revelations and everybody disagrees with me is demonic and possessed. It's like, come on. I I just think this is like such a late, you know, intellectual laziness and lethargy that I I don't even want to fucking engage with it. Like, I just have zero interest in hearing about this kind of shit. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not a religious person by any stretch, but I have also kind of regained some of my, um, ironically, some of my admiration for the principles, but not believing in any of it. So I'm almost like, I don't know how well you know the Bible, but I'm almost like a Pharisee at this point. Uh, the Pharisees like cared more about the religion than about the relationship. And um, I don't know if any of the viewers know what I'm talking about, but... Um, I like, you know, I mean, I, (laughs) the reason I liked science so much instead of religion is because you can prove science wrong and then science changes and aligns with truth instead of sticking to a principle that's been misproven where Mm religion's the other way. But in the last few years, we've seen science become a religion to a lot of people, like instead of learning new information and changing our understanding and you know getting a new perspective on things the science is a biblical fact that you must follow and if you don't follow it you're a heretic just like you were to the church in the middle ages so at this point when someone says you should agree with me or you're gonna die and burn in hell forever it's kind of like okay i mean why is that a worse argument than get the jab so you don't kill grandma you know like (laughs) i just I mean, I just, we're living in a post-rational world, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't really care about making rational arguments as much. It's kind of like, if someone has an emotional argument that agrees with my, uh, you know, with my statement, as long as they arrive at the same place as me, I don't care how they got there. Like, even mm-hmm. if it's just completely batshit. Like, if they're against vaccine mandates because they think it's the mark of the beast and the, you know, <laughs> revelations is upon us, like, Okay, at least you disagree with vaccine mandates. <laughs> That's all I really care about at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's silly. Um, and I do think that, um, you know, Jeremy Coffin actually got in some hot water for talking about vaccines um, and berating mm-hmm. this guy at Corkfest who gave a rant about how his daughter died from vaccines or whatever. And um, I do think that there is a little bit of blowback that's taking place that is an overcorrection. Like, there are people... I mean, whenever an athlete dies of a yeah. heart attack who got the vaccine, everybody just jumps to the conclusion that, oh, he died from the vaccine. What yeah. does that sound like? It sounds a lot like a couple of years ago when someone died with COVID. You know, not they died from, from COVID. COVID with COVID. Like it was always, oh, yeah, they died from COVID. And it's like, whoa, hold on. They were in a car accident and died, though. Like, isn't that an important mm-hmm. piece of information? And you said they died with COVID or they had diabetes or, um, you know, they had heart palpitations from other causes, but they died mm-hmm. with COVID. And now you're kind of having the same thing happen with people who are vaccinated. Like, oh, he died. He was vaccinated. It must have been from the vaccine. It's like, well, hold on. <laughs> you know, there's more to the story mm-hmm. here. So I do think 
um, all rationality is basically gone from that subject. But that was also self-inflicted by the insanity of the last few years. So, I mean, in one, in, on one level, I don't even care. It's like, all right, fine. This is what you guys wanted. This is what you get. <laughs> like you, you, you exited from the room of rationality. So don't expect people to hang out there by themselves. They've come with you, basically. Yeah, I threw a tweet out there about that Joe Aesthetics, who's a, a YouTuber who was clearly on performance enhancing drugs, and he got, you know, four treatments, quote unquote. And uh, then supposedly um, he had a brain aneurysm. And I started looking into it, and it does seem like that actually was from that, as in, you know, certain thing. Um, it, it said that his blood work had severely changed after four shots. And um, I quote tweeted something when somebody was saying, oh, he definitely died from this. I'm like, nobody really cares about the truth. Nobody really wants to know what he died from. They just want to use this as a way to, you know, suit is something to put in the, um, you know, in the fire for their narrative. They're, uh, the people who are against, you know, the vaccine are going to say, oh, well, he definitely died from this. And the people who are for it are going to say, oh, there's no way. It was just the performance enhancing drugs. No one's going to stop and say, hey, let's look into what actually happened so we could have a serious conversation about, you know, what to do going forward and how to treat situations that may arise. Um, so I actually did commend Jeremy for sticking up for the, uh, the vaccine in that regard, not, you know, and I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, it's defensible or anything like that, but like we do have to have some level of serious debate if we want to be taken seriously. But like you said, at the same time, it almost is like we are in a post-truth area. I remember, um, Milo Yiannopoulos saying that like 2015, um, it was that interview with Kathy Newman. I think he said, we live in like a post-truth era and it's fantastic. And, um, you know, maybe I'm a little bit late to the party, but I do think he's right. Although there's still a part of me that just wants to be, you know, legit and, you know, say things that are factually correct. Well, yeah, I guess what I'll disagree with is the idea that we need to arrive factually at conclusions so that we're taken seriously because we're not going to mm. be taken like that. That's the whole idea is like <laughs> um, nobody uses facts or logic to arrive at any conclusion anymore. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just kind of all gone, but um, at this point I am going to enjoy some of the right wing overcorrection. I mean, it's just going to be funny. Um, and you know, like uh, when Roe v. Wade, I am not someone who has like a really hard stance on abortion. Like I'm, I'm kind of moderate. I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. But um, when Roe v. Wade was over, uh, when the leak came out that Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned, and just witnessing the meltdown of the white liberal women, and then like over the last week with all the other Supreme Court decisions about affirmative action, and oh man, and those I do all strongly agree with the ones that came out recently, mm -hmm. but the one that happened like a year ago, I didn't even really care that strongly about the issue, but it was just amazing to see all these people shrieking and losing their minds. And that's kind of where I am with a lot of this stuff now is like, okay, yeah, I might not agree with that or I wouldn't have arrived at that conclusion, but fuck it. They're making the people that tried to ruin my life hysterical. And you know, that's, <laughs> that's good enough at this point. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's kind of funny that you said that. And I put out a tweet um, as soon as that whole affirmative action thing got overturned, I was like, fuck it. At this point, I am considering voting for Biden because he keeps stacking L's and they're all L's in our direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
position. So like, yeah. I don't know, man, like the right wingers are being good They're You know, you have Matt Gates put forward all of these anti-war bills, which I'd be skeptical that he would do that under a Trump presidency. And then all these things that are horrible get overturned on Biden's watch. So it's like Biden is literally horrible at everything, including being a Democrat. And he can't seem to get anything done. And the Republicans are actually like they have sack. It's kind of hard to make a case for voting for Donald Trump um, because, you know, the Republicans are going to go back to the way they were from 2017 to 2020. And they're going to cover for Trump no matter what. And a lot of the war stuff like, yeah, Trump has good rhetoric. And I like that. But, you know, you know, just as I do every time he's going to basically bitch at the deep states fucking his wife. But, you know, in all reality, I would err on the side of saying that Trump would be better because, like, you know, I think he's more in line with my values. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to watch all the L's that Biden takes and like the shit kind of slowly going our way. I don't think that's on purpose. I think it's just happenstance, but it, it is pretty funny to watch people just have an absolute meltdown over stuff that should never really been there in the first place. Yeah. I mean, with Trump, it's really not because I I prefer his position on the issues. It's only for the hysteria factor. <laughs> and I do think, I think just about anyone, but Biden or DeSantis would try to end the war in Ukraine. Like, I mean, that's such a low bar. I mean, I, it's pretty easy to do, you know, like all you got to do is stop sending money to Ukraine and the war ends. Um, and I, I do think Trump would actually do that. Um, and I do think RFK would probably do that too. Like, even though I gave my suspicion of his sincerity on some of the issues, like there are a lot of people who are scumbags who don't want world war three. Like that's a really fucking low bar. World War Three versus like, hey, let's stop drone bombing, drone bombing children in the Middle East. Like, there's a huge separation and a huge, uh, you know, uh, sliding scale in there. And a lot of people are like, yeah, World War Three, Russia, bad. So I, I do think that someone other than Biden would probably, um, you know, bring that end about. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think even the weapons contractors, even though they're making tons of money off of this, I don't think that they'd fight it tooth and nail because they'd be like, okay, whatever, we can just go on to the war with Iran instead. So I feel like I feel like this is such a high stakes scenario that a lot of people would be like, okay, yeah, that was fun, but let's back off now. So. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I, 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 it's so hard to tell with Trump because. He is such a great brand and he really knows how to market himself to people and he knows the right thing to say, but he just like doesn't know what to do about anything ever. He's just really good at kind of campaigning and talking. Um, uh, One of our mutual friends, Buck, had commented on a a, a tweet where uh, he he said something about um, Hunter. Trump was saying something about Hunter kissing uh, biden's ass or something like that like he was literally swearing in the campaign speech i'm like that, that's that's pretty fucking funny and i get why people rally behind him because he's fucking hilarious um mm-hmm. but you know you can never tell what he actually means and what he's gonna go through on versus what's just rhetoric but you know regardless of all of it is entertaining yeah no i mean at this point whatever is the funniest gets my vote because then i can <laughs> sit back and watch the clown show and you know the Roman Empire didn't have memes when they were collapsing. And if they had had memes, it would have been a lot more <laughs> stomachable. So at least we've got the memes. Yeah. All right, dude. We've been going for about an hour now. Um, I think we'll uh, cut it off there. Take the clown pill, everybody. Um, you know, I, I don't think the black pill or the white pill is going to serve you any better. Um, Rita, if you don't got anything else, like I said, we'll uh, close her out.
Yeah, so instead of going to my show and subscribing, if you guys want to subscribe to Kyle's show and do a few push-ups and a few sit-ups and stop being such a fat, lazy fuck and do something to better your own lives, that would be more effective than any libertarian event that's coming up or any party you can vote for, candidate you can get behind. So make your own life better. Take care of each other and take care of yourselves. That's, That's all I got to say. Beautiful. All right. I uh, do got to let everybody know where they can find you. I'm sure that most people probably found me through you. So uh, yeah, I got through your plugs. So we'll uh, wrap her up. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm just Reed Coverdale, naturalist, capitalist, the only one of both of those things. So just, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I do most of my stuff now. Um, and then I'm occasionally doing podcasts that'll be on YouTube or Spotify and Apple podcasts. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, and hopefully uh, we'll be hanging out sometime soon. I don't know when or where, but uh, you know, hopefully sometime soon. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out, and until next time, take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.